Welcome to AF Eloquence, where we are eloquent AF about footy, AFL. My name is Emil Freund. And my name is Bart Welch. Welcome. Welcome welcome back, everyone. We did it. How you feeling, Millie? Yeah, well, you know, they've got them round four, round five blues uh, for some pretty obvious reasons. Uh, we're getting a bit of a sense of the shape of the season. Uh, we are recording this on... Uh, Thursday the 18th at uh, 18th of April and it's 3.37 p.m. Yeah, so we've got a game in um, a few hours. We've got Brisbane and Collingwood. So obviously this will go up after this game is uh, played out. Done and dusted. Um, yeah, absolutely, which is an interesting one. But it's a weird spot for us, Mealy, you and I, because like, our clubs are, are relevant at the minute. In yeah. Some, like, in some... Unfamiliar ways for two. For, well, well, familiar for some, unfamiliar for for others. Um, pretty yes. familiar to the narrative at the moment. Um, feels like a broken record, buddy. Just goes round, round, round. Um, when are we gonna hear side B? B for blues. Oh, oh man, I don't know when. Should we? Should we just delve in and like have a chat straight on all of this stuff? Because it's it's all right. Yeah. What do we? Do, yeah, do we have a different spot in the run? I think we. This is the hot. This is the hot take for us. Where we're fucking at. Well, we are representing our clubs from a, you know, supporters' point of view. So I think as they're two big, two 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 of the biggest stories in footy this week, it makes sense to, to dive into that and you know, uh, scratch that raw exposed nerve that for me feels yeah. painful and for you feels oh so pleasurable. Oh yeah. Well, it's pleasurable, but with like. Very cautious of how easily I can be hurt. <laughs> I'm learning to love again, but I know how much it hurts to lose someone. <laughs> yeah, oh, they. But that's the thing; they know that they they've got me no matter what. Like I'll always be there for them. It's like it's this unconditional love. But you know, so there's there's ups and downs, Emil, and there's ups and downs mid game for those mighty saints. But I'll keep coming back every week. They've got me where they want me. A paying member for like 10 years. What would it actually take? What would it actually take to rock your, because, uh, you know, you've lived through, uh, well, you've lived through some goodish times. Yeah, like we've debatable talked about goodish in times. Episodes, but yeah, but for most of your life, then they've been um, pretty, like they've, they haven't won anything and they've been, apart from preseason cup, oh, yeah, <laughs> they've been pretty bad. Yeah, they've been, they've been much like they have been for most of their history. Like there's that real thing in their psyche. Like, Ter- ter- mm. Terrible for years on end, you know, six years nearly just glued to the bottom and then some, you know, amazing highs. And like, of course, we would be the club that would have fucking drawn grand finals and then like a replay, you know, just <laughs> then change the rules after it. Like, it's all very, it fits the narrative and it's fit that narrative for so long. We've just been so shit. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> I've, I, to, to, Turn me off the Saints, what you were saying. Yeah. It would have to it's be. It's poor on-field on performance, obviously. No, it's not. It would have to be. Ma- no, I'd be like, would have jumped to Hawthorne <laughs> years ago, years and years ago. Um, I, I, I assume it would It would just obviously be off-field stuff, something massive off-field that was oh, so horrible. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it would be. I was running in my head. It was like some kind of crazy sex cult or something <laughs> horrific <laughs> and trafficking trafficking children into the sex slave industry and it's all of rouge it was all st kilda football yeah. club that it- backing backing the fascist party of australia or like uh yeah. coming out in support of the of pauline fraser running nation Fra- yeah right they, <laughs> they appoint fraser running as the next ceo 
Oh, our CEO, Fraser Anning at the Saints. I, we love him. No, I'd have to be, in that scenario, I would have to be an egg boy. And I'd, uh, I'd egg, egg those Saints, man. And then I'd, I don't know who I'd go for. Do you have a second, tan, tangential, but do you have a second team? You know, people are like that. They're my second team. Do you have a second team? Is there one that you align with? Not, not a true second is team. The, is it the pies because of like your mum's like connection? No, not at all. No, no. And mum, because mum left her, like she left su- the supporting, she left supporting the pies a few years ago. So I don't feel that connection anymore. Um, I, I don't know. There is no real, I think I keep that spot reserved in my heart for whichever team I've kind of back for the year and which one I has the best footy story, you know, like at different times, I guess I have support. I've thought of the Bulldogs as my second favorite team. So that was my first team I went for and, and also Melbourne, but that's more about the fans that I know that I'm kind of, you know, my heart's bleeding for that. I'll, I'll kind of take a special interest in those clubs, but not as a, Year after year, I, I really love De- Frio Doggers. You know? <laughs> well, it definitely wouldn't be the Doggers. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know anyone. I barely know anyone who goes to the Doggers as their first team, let alone their second team. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a good point. Yeah. Well, uh, and what about you? I mean, well, it's I mean, I'm exactly the same, really, in terms of saving that spot for people I'm getting around or players I like or something. But there's no clear cut. My second favorite team is this. If there was, I used to say Richmond for some reason. Like when I was growing up, I maybe who knows. I was like, yeah, don't mind the Tigers, but that's definitely changed. There's there's <laughs> nothing there anymore from my childhood like football fan. You know, um, now nah, no clear. Was cut. it them winning a premiership and becoming one of the clubs that had 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 done it? The Tigers. Yeah. Oh, oh, was that what turned it for me? Yeah. Nah, it was a long time before that as well. Nah, probably okay. when I moved to Melbourne or when I became when I was sixteen or seventeen, started really thinking about my my decisions and who I should back in life. Merely, the Tigers weren't one of them. Which, mind you, maybe I should have changed when it wasn't as big ramifications. Should have backed the Tigers, jumped off those Saints, those sex cult trafficking Saints, Fraser running supporting Saints, Fraser running supporting. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. But anyway, on those mighty Saints, merely. Dude, what a win uh, on the weekend! Yeah, bro, it was pretty. Um, it was pretty great. Pretty... Happy to have got that tip. I tell you what. Oh, mate, you did too. Oh, you did. Oh, I sure didn't get it. No, nah, I tipped on all of my tipping comps and things. You know, like competitions. I mean, I tipped Hawks all all the way through. That's the each, that's the each money bet though, because if they win, if they lose, then you get the tip, and then there's a little consolation there. If you lose right. the tip, who gives a shit? You've won the game. Exactly, hedging your bets. I don't give a fuck that that I lost my tip. The Saints beat the Hawks. Woo! <laughs> oh mate, it was pretty good. But then, true pessimist me, I'll talk about how frustrating, and, and I knew it was coming in all like the the fallout of it and the media coverage. It's like here we go. Wait for it. It's going to be battered, battered, bruised hawks, injury, injured, injured hawks. Take flight. Slay no, Saints, no you know. talk about your decimating injuries in the in the back line, especially. Like a few people mumbled it. Carolyn Wilson pulled people up and said it was like, yes, good, thank you. There was a few people who did in the media. It was like, fucking, I understand that they were one man down on the bench more than us. We had one down as well. They had two. And they kept right. on saying about how, like, you know, Ben Stratton's came out and he was the captain as well. In one of the fucking write-ups, in one of the things I was reading, they our captain, Geary, went out 30 minutes before the game. And they're right. like, Jaeger was laid out and then Ben Stratton. It's like, 
Jack Stephen was laid out on Friday, and then our yep. captain was laid out 30 minutes before the game. And in one of the write-ups about it, it didn't even say Captain Jaron Geary. It just said, like, Stingy Backman Geary or Stopper Jaron Geary was laid out for the Saints. It was like, he's our fucking captain, you assholes. Like, it was insane, man. Like, but, but come to expect it. And, like, so funny to talk to Saints fans. It's like, oh, yeah, of course. This is, of course, they're going to focus on the injuries. And when we beat Essendon, Essendon was shit. But now they're really good because <laughs> they were shit when the Saints beat them. And same with the Hawks, injured. And same thing with against the Ds. I'm nervous about it, but same thing. We're like three to one underdogs. Most people tipping Melbourne. It's like, well, fucking, we're still pretenders. I understand, you know, we, they, they don't think we're, we don't have any credibility yet because we haven't really taken some big scouts. But at a couple more though, this is where it's interesting. If we win another couple of games, you know, like I said, I'm learning to love again, merely. And then people will have to just, you, you can start pointing people to the ladder. After Round four is the cusp, isn't it, where it starts to like transition into the next phase of the footy season where you get to really understand who's a, who's a decent team and who isn't. Who's good and who's not. Right. Because it doesn't – it's more than ever, right? Like all the preseason bullshit and the media stuff that comes out, it means nothing, man. I tipped Adelaide for the flag. So did a lot of um, – Heaps. Heap of people in, in the football side of things tipped Adelaide, which is so far off at the minute. And doesn't look like changing anytime soon. So, which is so good. Merely just did the full like Leighton Hewitt kind of. No, no, <laughs> Michael Klim. Michael Klim, uh, one of the two. Take take your pick. Did the full thing in the uh, to Skype to me. It was um, it was it was pretty impressive. And you must feel pretty great that Adelaide is shit because, mate. Let's hope. Let's at this point, you're only one win off a pick upgrade from that swap with the Crows. That's this is a good this is this is a good point. I mean, I for the for the sake of that pick, I'm I'm backing I'm, I'm backing against the crows, but also I feel happy about it because it is I I did I was surprised in the preseason hyperbole how much um, people were on Adelaide after the year that had. I'm just, I just I don't know. I just have never had that feeling, and maybe it was my bias about hoping for that really tasty pick uh, upgrade, or at least not losing a, a first top three pick, which would. Anyway, whatever. Um, but I did have the sense that the Crows weren't going to make it or weren't going to be there. And, you know, so far so good in that Absolutely. In that and, yeah, you've called it from the get-go. You didn't buy in at all. Maybe I read too much into their their own press, you know. There, I, maybe I drank a little bit of the Crows bathwater, a murder of Crows in the bath, and I drank a little bit. Mm. Um, but it's coming back to, to poison me now because they look shit. Yeah. Um, I've already... I've already looked at we we play them after Melbourne next week, right? And I've you know when you get paranoid when clubs are like that are seemingly good are like out of touch and then they play your club and you're like oh here we go, here we fucking go give them a nice tune up and get them into form for the rest of the comp. I'm already nervous about that game with Adelaide, but um at the moment should should go and feeling pretty confident. But um but well I don't think I don't think you should be as nervous as um their opponent uh, this week. I think Ooh. that. Um, they play Gold they Coast, man, playing... at Adelaide. Yeah, like yeah. Well, there you go. Like they, they if they're going to tune up on any team, it's going to be the Gold Coast. True, but imagine week. if they don't. Imagine if they lose. And this yeah. is where this shit, it's, it's crazy. Like, oh, and I'm, I know I'm talking gamblers' terms a lot, just because it's a nice measure for like odds. But but the like Suns are nearly. I think they're nearly five to one. Like the chances them to win. It's like the Suns have looked a far better team than Adelaide Crows. They just with been. like state league players yep. who've come in, like all these dudes are making a massive difference. I'm glad Anthony Miles is getting a crack at Gold Coast. It's awesome to see. 
But man, the Crows like don't look like winning fucking games, and they're like big favourites at home. But or if they if if they lose if they lose this game against Gold Coast, they are like they are done for the year. That's that's it. It's I don't see them doing a big Sydney. Sydney was zero and six and flying home and making finals. No, me either. Um, that being said, I think it is it is Eddie Betts. His 300th game this week. So I reckon. Oh, that's a really good point. That's I reckon they'll get up for Eddie. I'm jumping ahead to my tip, but uh, we were already talking about that game. I think yeah. that because of Eddie's. Yeah, yeah, because of Eddie's 300th game, I reckon they're going to win in there. That's just a little pre tip tip. There we go. Just just the tip. The tip before the just tip. The tip. Um, well, we, well, we back rambled to the yeah, Blues but, and exactly. We, uh, I well, rambled across the, the, all the way to the Crows. My bad. No, no. It was, it was, an, it was an interesting tangent, and I think I was, uh, I was willing to go there. Um, Mm. Yeah, the I think the 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 story there for me is the way. Wait, wait, wait! I want to I want to ask you something about about right. like with where you're at because only because okay. only because I know the fucking feeling so well, and I know that la- last year when you know in, when in, with the Saints year we'd had those two years where we we're going to be maybe better, and then it was everything was looking like this is the year where you get a lot of it together. And then, and then we just got, you know, broken in that round two game against the Roos. And then we just shit and lost about five in a row. And I remember it might have been round seven or six. So it's a little it's a little bit further down the line than where we're at now. But we lost another game. And I genuinely had this week where I was just like down about how shit it was all going for my football team. And by the end of that, I just kind of grieved and done the little thing. And... As they say in football terms, sometimes merely on those forums, I'd emotionally checked out, and it was like, and then it was okay. I can take it in a different frame of mind. Maybe that hurt you. It hurt you before. They've hurt me, and they will again. But I emotionally checked out for that end of that. Have you emotionally checked out yet this year with the Blues going zero and four? Fuck no, fuck no. I I get heart from like in particular. I was thinking about it um, during the week, and it's a bit. I see the similarities between St Kilda's year last year and our year so far this year. It's it's we were expected to do a bit better and take that next step. Okay, we weren't expected to play finals like St Kilda might have been predicted to do last year, but it's like when those expectations are there and you've got a talented young group, but the key is young, like um, there is the expectation that you'll progress another step every year and, and that doesn't always look like wins, I don't think. And I think it's such bullshit as well uh from oh look the the, the sharks circling around carlton in, in that way about like the sack oh, the mate. coach bullshit and the will they won't oh, they it's yeah, total dude. beat up like the media is all over you guys so hard at the moment it's super harsh yeah. yeah it is and it it's we've committed to there's been some fair criticism of carlton in the past for the way that they've um like shut the bed and changed coaches and and completely um folded to that pressure and had the high internal expectations that made them make knee jerk deci- uh, reactions and, and kind of decisions that way. And this time around, they like clearly identified the plan. They're following the plan. They, um, they are not doing that. They're, they've, they've committed to the rebuild the way that, that Carlton never had before. Um, they're committed to it and it takes time to do that. And it, if you look at the, if you look at some other ve- like measurables about how the Blues are going this year, they've been in all four of their games that they've played. They've, their percentage is, for a losing team, like pretty healthy considering, um, better than it was last year. And, and it's not like last year we were getting blown out of the water. Um, so there's improvement there and, and there's enough improvement that you go, well, 
there are players out that are important to us. There are young players who, you know, maybe had bet really good years last year, but are having it like slightly tapered off start to this year. You know, Paddy Dow, for instance, or Kerno had a massive year last year and he's started pretty slowly this year. So plus like we bring in, we bring in integral, we've brought in like some pretty important players in the off season who are playing important roles for the club. Like they're going to take time to get good at that. We're playing with a completely new, apart from Crips and a couple of others, midfield group where it's just the young guns um, around the ball. It's going to take guns some time. They are, man. Yeah. Guns. They are. Sammy Walsh has been carving it up in there, yeah. dude. Yeah. Just it's, the, the, imagine that walking in, like this 18 year old walks in and is now like the second best midfielder at the club. Like this so far, like it's incredible. It is incredible. He's amazing. And I, I agree with you in terms of the optimism, like the big thing, you know, all of these young players have got a lot of talent and like you said, sticking, sticking in games, they're not, they're not getting blown out of the water, which is a massive step forward. And then, and then the other thing, like a, a pretty, a very recent comparison is they just, they remind me of um, Brisbane last year. Brisbane yeah. Lions were doing like the same thing. They were like, everyone's ranting about them this year because they're looking great. But last year, they, I think they started, I don't know, zero and six and then got one and lost like 13 in a row. Like they, and then maybe they got it together at the very end of the year, they started to be pretty competitive. But they played their games, had lots of close close losses, very similar to Carlton. And, it, you know, in uh, six months, nine months time, they're looking like, that team that's just progressed to this point where they're actually winning games and doing their thing. But yeah, I, I feel optimistic about it. This is what frustrates me. It's like the, the, the sharks, like the people circle in the club and they, they wait, they're kind of waiting almost gleefully for the club to make a mistake or do something stupid. And the club's doing all the right things. They're being communicative. They're, they're out they're, they're putting publicly their support behind the coach. They're, you know, the players, the key players are coming out and speaking to the media. Like they're doing everything in their power to show that they're, you know, steady as she goes, then that it's not really affecting the club, but it, it is bound to do something. But the thing that gets me is that there's no, St Kilda should be the story. They should be the story. The way that they were projected to be where they were and the where they are now, what, like it, it I guess oh, it's just, dude, there's no one, sells no one papers, cares. But yeah. It's, it's just, it's literally, they don't no. give a fuck because we, we, we don't, it's all about what you said. It's all about selling papers, like, and making that money. And the saints don't sell like that. Um, yeah, man, it's <laughs> we cop that that end of the media scrutiny, just like the ir- irrelevant club. And there's been still hasn't been much talk about that at all. That we're three and one. Last year we won four games. We've won three games now in f- four weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, and we were a Jack Stephen down from beating Frio by five points o- over there when people weren't sure what Frio were like. As a, you know, like, yeah. Man, there's barely anything about it. There was no mention. You won at the MCG as well. Yeah, dude, we played great at the MCG. Oh, no, we didn't. This was at Marvel when we played the Hawks. Oh, yeah, we played the G this yeah. year. But uh, Sorry, this week, this sorry, week. against the Ds. But there's some of our players. Jade Gresham's last three games at the Gs kicked like 16 goals or something. He fucking loves it there. Um, there's some players. We play all right at the G. Um, but yeah, man, there's barely a word talked about on the weekend in that win against the Hawks. No mention of that half a dozen players had played under 20 games like and our captain got replaced by a third gamer who did things in critical moments in the fourth quarter no you know a little bit of talk about Callum Wilkie the accountant last year who played as the captain of the yeah. of Norwood in the sample who just is if you do watch do you watch that game he was fucking no, I didn't, awesome I didn't get for a chance us, man but 
No focus on... Yeah, and you wouldn't have seen any of Callum Wilkie's highlights because who gives a fuck about that? Well, this is the thing. They put him on, like, like fucking last last spot on Sunday evening. Like, you, there's no time in the weekend to build momentum around the story that the Saints are quite being playing well, and there are these good stories around it. If you play that on a Thursday or Friday night or even a Saturday, there is a chance for that kind of get a bit of a bit of airtime but no not if it's five or whatever o'clock on a Sunday. and here's the kicker with what you're saying there i have um as, as soon as the game as soon as we won and the siren went i reckon there was 20 seconds and they did that last read into the ad break straight in the ad break ad break came back to the bounce not didn't play the song nothing not even them walking off didn't finish the song and I checked straight away on my phone because I've got the Telstra. I, I, I'm with Telstra, so I get the fucking seven app for free or whatever it is. The I feel live, not nothing. The tell it's finished. It's not playing anymore. There was nowhere. Oh. It just cut all the any airing of it, and it was like, oh, that's it. And it was like a weird buzzkill after that game and finishing like that, massive, you know. And then all this celebration, and we don't even get the song. They won't even televise the song. They probably have to play the crew double. I think it just—they just cut so to the fucking news, man. Or like, there's just shows to cut to. So they—that's—that's that's just how it went. I think it was because Seven were televising it, and Seven were like, "Boom, she's done. We're gonna go to fucking current affair. Whatever's up next." Like, yeah, but that's very St Kilda as well. It's the current it's affair the, is that St Kilda just won against Hawthorne. I know. Oh, the a, irony! A bloody thriller of a game. That is the current, yeah. Oh, the irony, Emil. They, that is that is the current affair, the state of affairs we're dealing with. And how are anyway. you feeling, conversely? Me? Yeah, you said you about, were a bit a bit worried about you know going uh, lid off with the Saints. Oh yeah, the lid's definitely not off for sure. I um, they would need to like win a few more games. If if we beat Melbourne and then Adelaide, and we're like, you know, what are we sitting there, five and one? Yeah. No, nah, the lid would still be on. I'd need to beat someone. Like, I think our run after that is like, it's in this, no particular order. It's like Collingwood, GWS, West Coast. So we play genuine, like probably top four sides. Yeah. And that's, that's more, if we're beating one of those and we're sitting somewhere ridiculously, like then the lid would be blown the fuck off. I'd throw that's the lid the away. Way. If one win out of those three is, is a good result. It is, isn't it? But I remember thinking before this, you know, I'd be like two and two would be awesome after round four. I reckon there's two winnable games in there and we're sitting three and one and feeling, you know, it's it's feeling pretty good. But I think the lids are very much on as as for most Saints fans. I reckon they're aware. They've all been hurt. Um, but, dude, I'm feeling great. There's something different in the game where there's like um, a genuinely am happier sitting in watching us play at the moment because – and there's a different resolve about them where we've been down in the last couple of games. And I've been like, no, no, we're, we're all right. The way we're playing, I like how we're playing. This comes the other way and we take our chances. Like I've felt that resolve watching them, which is so different, foreign to me over the last few years. But that's a big improvement. And I feel like that's all just coaching and like the way we're playing the game and the structure. And I've just got a lot more faith in the way the system is at the moment, which is credit to whoever it is, Ratton and... Billy Slater or whatever, all of those things, it feels like they're paying off. That's where it feels like a lot of this has come from, from the back I think end. credit should definitely go to Billy Slater. Yeah. He's Full credit to Billy Slater. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Richo. He, he deserves some credit. It's oh, Richo, great. of course, definitely. But he definitely needed a freshen up. Apparently, he's a lot more hands-off and he's done the whole thing. He's done the whole Buckley Hardwick thing. Just take it easy. Take it Doing easy, yoga man. And... Yeah, do your yoga. Go to do your meditation. 
I reckon he is. Richo the microdosa. <laughs> Tiny bits of acid. Oh, man. It wouldn't, well, I, I, I saw him do a presser today and it was, it was he spoke pretty well. He had a little bit more character than his pleasings and positives. So maybe he is microdosing. I hope maybe. he is. Good they've on him. And, they've gone on a fact-finding mission to Silicon Valley and they've uh, hung out with the fuckboys from Google and it's the new oh, thing. Oh, my God. They definitely would have. Richo over there. Richo and Clarkson. <laughs> Sitting on a banana lounge at the Google office. <laughs> <laughs> on more than a microdose of acid. <laughs> oh, really leaning in. But anyway, mate, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. The lid's, the lid's not off though. It's it's an exciting time, but I'm enjoying just the ride and mm. there'll be some downs. There'll be there'll be plenty of downs, but it's oh it's all I can ask for to be competitive and, and you know, to see some players that play well and yeah, it's a good time. It means that the finals race won't be over for um, a while longer than like if things go to shit, then then it's done. Like if things go to shit for a significant time, then it's done. But even if they go to shit for like three, four, five, six weeks, there's still like well, no, there's still an outside chance. We've got a few locked away in the bag. Like if we get on a run, we'll, we we can we can get there. Yeah, exactly. It just keeps your season live for longer, and that's exactly yeah. right. You know, we we have we have a bunch. Of aces up the sleeve now. You can lose your four games in a row, and it's not doom and gloom. You know, we lose four games with three and five. There's an outside chance, or absolutely. And and then by the same token, like obviously finals is a far stretch for Carlton, but there's a lot of joy still left in the season from the position that you guys are in. And like Brisbane were in last year, and like we've been in for a long time as well. Like who fucking when knows? they click this season, which they will, they may only click for half a game. They may only click for. A- a game or a couple of games or, you know, who knows how long, but when they click this season, that's going to be the moment that it's all worth it from my point of view, because I know they're not, um, I know they're not the, the kind of, uh, sitting ducks that the rest of the comp, well, the, the media seems to be portraying them as, and they're not as dysfunctional either as the media is portraying them as it's just, it's composure and it will click. And when it does, they're exciting because we've seen it in heaps of moments. And now you're adding Sam Walsh in the mix and McGovern and like some really important players and set a field. And it'll click, man. Whom I kept calling Whitfield last week. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't call you up on it because I wasn't sure. I thought you were talking about Whitfield and then I was just confused. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I think it was a bit my research when I was doing it about the um, yes. that game. Oh, was mate, about, yeah. It was Whitfield back in that one. What's in a name? Um, <laughs> well, I guess that's that's good for... Our mighty clubs. Yeah, Quick. let's. So tips this week. How many did you get? Um, I th- I think I got three. Emil, maybe. Ooh, I think maybe four. I'm not even sure. Right. I'm not sure my if heart. I did a different. I know I got three in my tipping combo too. So I can't remember if I picked the same. I think I did. I'm trying to make them all the same now. My heart gut combo is kind of working out for me because I got five. Mate, it's working, and I'm a dumbass for um for going against it. I've I'd, let me tell you this though. This week's for tips. I've um I've lent into the heart and gut. Very nice. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm staying in that spot because it's working for me so far. Um, I'm also going to add a little twist of like uh, what I consider to be a better footy story. Oh, very nice. And your history, your little sego. Oh no, no, no. I mean, in terms of like my tips, what's going to be like? Oh, what's going to make okay. a, what's going to make a better story? This team winning or that team winning? Interesting. You've gone with the narrative base. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's a pretty good way to tip and it's also quite heart and gut involved with that one, you know, cause you're all about yeah. the narrative, but the, yeah. so often footballers, they're emotional beings. It's an emotional clubs are emotional places. They, they do seem to ride those weird narratives, right? Seems they say the momentum is the most important thing. Eh? Like in terms yeah. of who's won the last few premierships. 
And you and I, merely actors by trade, we understand the ebbs and flows and the climaxes and how how a scene should go. Yeah, chance. and when when a group is clicking and in the energy is positive, how how much more productive you can be in that period. That's when you you make a great performance, mate. That's in when you perform well. Perform, perform with an R at mm-hmm. the start. I'm a performer. I'm a performer. Um, absolutely, you are, mate. Uh, well, shall we lean in onto these tips? And yeah, let's hear it. For the game that starts in about three and a half hours' time. Yeah, tonight, and Lions and uh, Collingwood at the Gabba. Uh, it'll be a sellout, if not uh, close to it. Um, this is a pretty exciting game. This is going to be a really exciting game. I'm Very really happy exciting. this is on a Thursday night primetime slot. I mean, Collingwood is um, a bankable team, but good for the fucking Lions. But first, yeah, and shout out to the people. I think his name's like Travis Old or something who does the fixture. Big shout out to you, Trav, because it's, you know, you're, you're going out on a limb there, potentially, Brisbane and Collingwood. You would have thought easily the big, the draw card is the Beams thing, mm. Beams Cup. But it's, it, look how competitive the lines are. It's like right. an exciting game. That's, I'm, I'm more interested in something like this than fucking, you know, the Hawks and the Do- Geelong, like, I feel like this has got a bit of something else to it, you know, than just some of the big classic clubs. Um, I, yeah. Absolutely. It'll tell us It'll tell us a lot about where both of these teams are at, I think. Like, also what the Gabba is going to be for the Lions, if they can build any sort of, you know, special advantage there. And, it, it, you know, there will be a big house there. There'll be a lot of Collingwood supporters, but they want to get that home ground um, feel going. And, and, and if they can come close or, or knock off Collingwood there. Gee. Oh, mate, could you imagine that feeling? If, if they knock off Collingwood there and the fans that are there, the Brisbane fans that are there, feel that fucking full house for the first time in that long and they win and oh. getting to be involved in that, it's like, oh, mate, we're coming back and bringing more friends to the footy again. You know, like right. this I'm is I'm going to learn a player's people. name or two. Yeah, exactly. I've been a Lions fan for ages. <laughs> Bandwagoners, bro. They right. hop back on as soon as they start playing well. So, Why isn't Jonathan Brown on the ground? I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Just chuck him in the back pocket. I'm sure he's still got legs. Yeah, that's it. Um, mm. Who are you tipping for this one, Bart? I'm, go- I'm, I'm, going, I'm glad you brought up that narrative-based stuff, Millie, because it's, it's true. And it hasn't been working this statistical bullshit from the head that I've been going with, this cerebral... Uh, decisions. I'm got so I'm got to lean into the heart, man. I'm going the Lions, bro. Um, yeah, I feel like up there. I don't need to justify it. The Lions are going to win. I'm backing the Lions too. I um, yeah, they they Collingwood came close to losing that one last week. I backed the Bulldogs and they came. They they weren't that you great. Did. So yeah, that was that was an unusual game. It was a fucking a weird game, wasn't it? it was and it was. and the Lions can can be a bit of a shootout team. I remember last year when these two teams played, they went like, I think it was like Brisbane kicked the first, their first nine goals straight, hadn't kicked it behind. And it was ended up just like shot for shot, super high scoring. And they match up interestingly. And then I reckon Beams is going to have a shocker against the old club. They, they, they seem to go either way, but I think more off as in when, when greats leave and they play yep. their club in their new team, I think, they more often than not they go the way of the star actually doesn't play that well against his old teammates. Yeah, and that seems to be more likely the case. Rather Beans than his brother's Beans still there back. as well, eh? I think he's dropped. I think he got oh, dropped. Clay Beans has dropped. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. 
Um, yeah, which, and I don't you, think he's gelled as well with the Collingwood midfield as, you know, I mean, synergy, that buzzword, the same reason I think yeah. Carlton will click later on. It's probably the same reason that Beams will click in a Collingwood midfield later on in the season. He's shown glimpses, but he won't, he hasn't really been, uh, he hasn't been that uh, that integral part that he was of Brisbane. Unlike Lockie I, Neal. I guess. Oh, Lockie Neal's been insane. I just had a thought then. I was like, and I guess we'll move on from this because when any, everyone listens to it, the game's done and dusted. Oh, it's so true. We've wasted 10 minutes on this game. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll just sound fucking hilarious. We'll either have it like bang on, like, yeah, these boys, they know what they're talking about, or we're just rambling on about the Lions who lost by 60 points to the Collingwood. <laughs> an, adver- an advertisement for our own ineptitude at this. Absolutely those heart gut thinkers well i guess we move on what's this what's the friday night game i can't even oh, i know what it is good friday friday it is uh good friday 4 20 p.m at the uh the, the friendly time of 4 20 p.m at ducklands north take on so Essendon. the kids can come and so the kids so, can come 4 20 yeah all right. the kids love coming to 4 20 games 4 20 well i think Essendon will be lost in the grandstand <laughs> really lean in give it a hit him with a dab um <laughs> Yeah, um, interesting game. I hope that um, it's more interesting than it was last year in the worst game of football I've ever seen in my life. Oh, man. Um, absolutely. Like, it actually probably was the worst game of football I've ever seen. Well, speaking of shootouts, this team had a crazy – these two teams had a crazy big shootout at the end of last season, if you remember. They did. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, I'm, I think that Essendon are going to um, continue their form of the, of the moment. They, they do look pretty good, like – Tibber was amazing last week and a lot of their players Voila, have really turned yeah. it on. Yeah, dude. So good. What a what a performance. It's amazing. Um I think the Dons will win. I don't I think, I think Kangaroos, it's good they got a game, uh got a win on the board, but I just don't yeah, know where they're, they're at. I don't have any No. Yeah, and faith I, in them. I think they're gonna bob up and take some wins this year and, and like that that's what last week felt like. Uh and you know, it is at Marvel and they have a an advantage there over a team like Adelaide, but not against Essendon who play that ground very well. Um, oh, they play it. They play it. It's like one of the best teams. If they're, if they're scoring goals, they can beat you by 60 points. You know, they yep. can kick 10 goals in a quarter when they're yeah. firing at Marvel. And I think so, that yeah. um, the Dons being horrible this year, isn't a great narrative, even though they're supposed to be very good. I think that them being kind of almost there for a bit of it and then looking likely for a bit more of the season and then, failing in spectacular fashion. That's my preferred narrative. So I'm back in the Dons as well. And it's also a far more realistic narrative for those struggling Don supporters. That feels more like what would happen and kind of did happen over, you know, last year. Um, yeah, it did. Too, too little, too late. Maybe this time they'll go. Just enough. Just enough, but maybe not at the end. <laughs> maybe <laughs> and not. Drop a few. Or maybe they'll get into the finals and still not be able to win a final. Yeah, that'd be the worst thing. Is that the worst? Is that the worst thing for them getting? It probably is, right? Getting to so. the finals. And I mean, getting getting into top four and losing two finals in a row would be probably worse. Of course, of course, it is. That's definitely how it goes down. Minor premiers, <laughs> <laughs> minor premiers, and then bow out in straight sets. Oh, mate, that just can't the, win in September. That is. That would be. Gut wrenching for them, brutal and brutal. hilarious for the rest of us. <laughs> no, I'd feel for my Don's fans. I would. I'd enjoy the moment sometimes, but then very much feel for them when I'm with them. <laughs> yeah, that dude, would sting, dude. No one wants to rub salt in that wound. Nah, I, I'd fear it from a competition's point of view. I don't want to see 
Essendon be that. And from a Carlton supporter's point of view, especially, I don't want to see them be good. But if they were to be that good oh, yeah. and I had that much fear in my heart and they went out in straight sets, whew, I mean, I'd feel oh, for them, boy. but also, wow. Some Schaden, Schadenfreude. Yep. Schadenfreude? Yeah, a lot of it. Um, so the Dons for both of us. 8-10 at Perth. Uh, also good Friday. West Coast take on Port. Interesting, but I'm I'm going with West Coast. Yeah, I'm also going with West Coast. There's, um, yeah, it, it is interesting, isn't it? Porter letting you down, but I think we should... Hudson Parker, our bud Hud's got a rule. He just never backs Port, ever. <laughs> I don't think he ever tips him. And most of the time he's right because they... Fuck you, man. Yeah. They did last week. What about Campbell Brown? He said there's like the next certainty after Winks <laughs> was getting on Port to beat the Tigers. Right. That was a oh, big win for boy. It was a massive win. Exciting stuff. Huge win. Yeah, it was great. It was good football. Um, but yeah, well, you can't trust Port at the minute. It's it's the reigning premiers at home. They're a good club. They're just starting good club to get who play that ground well. They do, exactly. Over there, no chance. West Coast, West Coast. Saturday at one forty five at Manuka Oval in Canberra. GWS are taking on Fremantle. First game of the Saturday. Um I I'm just gonna back the Giants. They lost kind of they no, they had that massive win down at Geelong. That was yeah. That was a game. Huge that was a crazy win. good game. Huge win. Right yeah. when I got around cut got around to tipping Geelong finally. Oh, like, we had right, so many Geelong reasons last week as Geelong to why Giants would lose. Yeah, no, why have I ever not backed them down at GMHBA? Rah, rah, rah. I'm going to tip fucking the cats. Look what happens. Just goes to show that I think GWS are probably form team in the comp. If they're more West Coast. Yep. Yeah, I'd be saying. if we ha- Yeah, who would you say best team at the comp at the moment? Yeah, I'm saying GWS. Uh, even though they got beaten soundly by West Coast over there, the fact that West Coast lost to Brisbane – in at the Gabba just shows that home field advantage means a lot at the moment with this ultra defensive six 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 kind of play. It it's it means it's, it's being it's being decided a deciding factor in games. I couldn't agree with you more, Millie. I think I think they're the, they're the form team easily for me. The Giants they play there well. So, yeah, Giants too. And uh, so I'm tipping Freo for this game because <laughs> <laughs> everything's <laughs> fucked and tipping is bullshit. Um, we're all going <laughs> to die. Um, no, I, I'm I'm tipping the Giants as well, yeah. for sure. Uh, I, I can't really – I don't know enough about Frio, even though they're my second favourite team, and, uh, to, to get a narrative reason up for why they could win. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, nah, Giants. Um, 4.35 at the MCG, Melbourne and St Kilda. Big-time game. Uh, one Massive. that uh, we're going to both be in attendance for. Yep, it's going to be huge. It's my yeah. first game of the year, Mealy. First game going That's through right. live and with my good friend, you, <laughs> Emile. And that, my, that, uh, that pause you put in there just made me just my heart sink for a moment. <laughs> how did it go? Lift it back yeah. up again. Yeah. My good friend, my father. Oh, and my good. great friend, my mother. Ah. And the best friend of all, my best friend in the whole world. Try me, my girlfriend. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all going as well. And, and I'm Amelie, coming too. He's yeah. He's, 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 and Emil's coming. <laughs> the guy I do the podcast with. Yeah. Um, yeah, Emil, <laughs> you and the fam. Emil and the fam. Uh, it's going to be exciting though, man. Um, and you know what's going to happen? The we're Saints fucking, are going to up. No, we're going to fucking lose. Oh, we're dude. Lose. We'll lose no. for sure. Oh. This is... 
this is what what will happen. I'll go. Look at all of that, man. That's okay. right for the picking. Evidence. That's the funniest shit to happen. That's yeah. Of course, I haven't been in Melbourne. Of course, the year I moved to Sydney, the year I moved, I've been in Melbourne for nearly ten years. And I move all, and well, we've been rebuilding and shit. And I move away to Sydney, and we're like three and one, and shit's turning around. So, I've, and of course, if I fly down. And, like, people from three different states all go there and we watch the football against the club where we could win. You fucking put all your money in the world, Millie, on the Ds to win this game because <laughs> that's what will happen. <laughs> and if they fucking win, then maybe it's a different St Kilda that I've... Maybe I'm falling in love all over again with someone new. Yeah, you got to protect yourself. But I think that the narrative of you having to go back to Sydney... The following weekend, after the Saints had got up at the G against the D's, I think that that is my preferred narrative, and that's what I'm going to go for. I'm going to go St Kilda a big upset at the at the G. They're they're in form. They're clicking as a team. Melbourne have they played well last week, but they haven't had as much in. They haven't been as in form. So yeah, man, the Saints. Right on. Yeah, mate. After all of that that ramble about that, I feel like we're going to lose. I am. I am tipping the Saints. I'm oh, okay. I've been, I feel like like that's that's the negative in me that we're just going to lose. But I'm going to tip them. Fuck it. I need to lean into the heart merely. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, we will next see. On s- we will. We will see. Um, Seven twenty-five at the Docklands. Uh, Richmond with a rare home game against Sydney at the Docklands. Um, Mm. In a game where, you know, the Tigers weren't meant to win last week. Yep. They had all their players down. They get Dusty back. They're back at home. They've mm. proven they can win without all of their stars. Lynch is firing up, looking great. Yeah, Dylan Grimes is again. filling that void. Grimes is so – he had a massive last quarter. He's such a good defender. Yep. And Sydney have been looking, you know, insipid and terrible and they – look a bit slow and I don't know what's going on. And they, they, they looked okay against Melbourne, but you know, they were up for a little bit, but just couldn't get it together. Yeah. So it makes no sense that I'm tipping the Swans, but I feel like at Marvel in this crazy Marvel universe that we're in, <laughs> um, that the Swans play better there than they do at the SCG uh, off their turf up at the, uh, at the SCG. And Richmond just coming off a big win. Now I think they're like, oh, cool, we've got it going on. We'll, we'll get over this one's easy. Perfect time to drop a game. And then maybe this is a little last little burst of energy from the Swans. Maybe this is their little thing, you know, like they did a few years ago where we wrote them off at zero and six. Yep. This is so the time. the Swans. All right. They've also played Marvel Stadium Docklands more recently than Richmond have. Uh, Richmond haven't played there this season. So um, I don't know. That's I don't know if that'll point. have any impact, That's- but... That's a good point, though. They haven't played there. Yeah. They play the G very well. If it's at the G, different story. But yeah. it's in the Marvel Universe, you know, <laughs> where fucking superheroes exist. Anything can happen. <laughs> Anything can happen. So I'm tipping Sydney are going to win. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my Richmond tip because I think them being in the mix with uh, out of their stars uh, or that, well, with the injuries they have is kind of an interesting narrative. Plus, I live with a Richmond supporter, so my week gets easier if uh, Richmond have won. That's the smart business, merely. Easter Sunday, uh, after your Easter egg hunt at one ten at the Docklands, the Bulldogs and the Blues in a home game for the Dogs. Ugh. 
Yeah. How do you feel? You, you literally, Emil just literally like smooshed his face and kind of wiped the sweat off his brow and <laughs> groaned. That's That was the response about the game on Sunday, yep. the Sabbath day. Oh, dude. Um, I think that we have not handled pressure very well uh, when teams have applied it. Um, we have, yeah, when, when the games are there to be won and their teams have got high pressure, then we're, we're, we're struggling with our decision-making uh, and we're struggling with our, um, yeah, ex- skill execution. Um, I think that, I think that the better narrative is maybe as well that Carlton get another week of pressure and um, come back uh, after that and, and challenge and win maybe. I think if honestly, I think that if Cruiser plays in this game, which he's, you know, tipped to do, if he plays in this game, then we'll win it. And if he doesn't, then we won't. Yep, I think you're going to win, man. I think he's going to be the one. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon this will be the game where you'll get on the board for all all the aforementioned reasons with the young guys and when it just needs to click. And I think the Bulls, the Bulldogs, not sure where they're at. You know, they they went okay against. Collingwood and they've had a couple of good wins and they've also dropped games. They lost to they lost to Gold Coast as well. Like, I think you're going to win. I reckon this would be the one where they get off the board. I hope so. I reckon I'm excited to see Bont versus Cripps in the middle. That's the matchup. It's, it's, and and I, and I reckon Cripps will. Cripps is such a beast in that in that midfield and and I feel like if if he leads from the front there, which he always does in his contested way. I feel like you're just going to get over them. I don't know. They're a youngish side as well. They're playing Tim English in there. If you get, yeah, like you said, cruising is very big. Massive. But I, I think even without him in there, I just feel like this is a game that you can get on that roll, get a few shots on the board. You know, if you convert early, if you just get lucky with those ones where you, you're, you're um, five and one instead of one and five. Like The other, the other reason I think Cruz is such a big in for us is that they do have like our main contested player in the midfield is Cripps, obviously. And they've got both Liberatore and Bont in, in the midfield who are those jets for them. If we have Cruiser, he can apply a great deal of physical pressure and he becomes a stoppage player as well, in and under, as well as, as an outlet and feed feed player. If he's playing, then you've got two guys who can do that. Whereas if he's not, if you're using Low Lob or um, Phillips, then they're not quite as good at winning their own ball off the deck as Cruiser is. And so then you've got, Crips is a big body, and who else? A bit tough. No, it's a, yeah, that's and even 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 Israel Folau tweet liking Matthew Kennedy might come back in. Um, oh but, yeah, Matt, I saw that Matthew Kennedy and Gary Ablett. You just yeah. don't need to like that stuff, boys. Yeah, it's, it's stupid if nothing else, and it is other things too. Yeah, dude, Matthew Kennedy <laughs> changes your opinions on someone very quickly, doesn't very it? Very quickly. <laughs> Misguided and young, and but stupid. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, dude, Cruz is mad around the ground. Like, and uh, particularly with these six 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 rules, that's even more important that you have to be very accountable as a ruckman. And the best he's ones a, are. Yeah. He's a heart and soul player too for our team. Like we we play better when he's when he plays. We just play better. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, Blues. Oh, who are you tipping then? So I'm going the Blues, man. Who, who yeah. are you tipping? I'm tipping the Blues unless Cruiser doesn't play, in which case I change my tip to the Bulldogs. Fair enough. You can have that. Mm. Teams will be out tomorrow. Yeah, it's our podcast. We can have it. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever the fuck we want, you can yeah. have that. You can actually. We we can make some wild card rounds. We can do all sorts <laughs> of stuff. Yeah. 
we could set it all in an alternate Marvel universe where the, where, where South Melbourne never moved to Sydney and the and and, oh. and Fitzroy never folded. Oh my bit gosh! Of, oh, well, I'm getting on. I'm getting on Fitzroy tonight for sure. <laughs> Up them Roy mm. boys. Yeah. Street Up the Lions after their big win last night. Yeah. For anyone listening right now on Friday afternoon, <laughs> huge win. Uh, at 4.40 on Sunday afternoon, Adelaide Oval. Uh, it's Adelaide taking on the Gold Coast Suns uh, in Eddie Betts' 300th game for the club. As I mentioned before, as in my pre-tip tip, I'm back in Adelaide. Um, not because I don't think the Gold Coast will be competitive. I think they will. But for Eddie Betts in his 300th game at Adelaide Oval, they need a win desperately. Gold Coast are doing much better than anticipated. So, uh, yeah, it 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 it's going to be Adelaide, I think. I'm also going to tip my tip in and get around those crows as well. I feel like it, this is the one for them where, you know, they can try and do that tune up. And if they don't, if they don't, it's like real panic stations at the crows and they're not a good side. And it's like alarm bells are ringing. But I, I and then by the same token, you have to say, well, Gold Coast, if Gold Coast win, people won't instantly, the focus will be on Adelaide, classic. It'll go, oh, Adelaide, what's going on? And the Gold Coast will go four and one, but there'll be many people, like the Roos when the Roos went nine and zip, yeah. and like the Saints are in at the moment. People look at the ladder and the Saints Disregard and Gold Coast them. and Brisbane are up there and they're like, well, you know, it's up as downs and whatever. Um, so if that Gold Coast win, it's pretty massive, but all the focus will be on the Crows. Um, but in saying all of that, Adelaide. Yep. Adelaide, I agree. I think it's the win that's going to paper over the cracks that will lead to the bigger downfall later on in the season. Um, Monday, the Easter Monday game, 3.20 at the G, uh, the Hawks versus Geelong. Um, yeah, traditionally big game. This year, pretty big game. Um, going to draw a big crowd, of course. Going to be, who knows why, how it'll go as a game of football. Usually it delivers. Um, I think because of the tweet stuff, Gary Ablett Jr., the whole club's going to be distracted, but the, the Cats won't know which way is up. They're going to be, feel like, think about it as a if you were a player at the Cats. You're a young 20-something millennial guy, you have lots of friends who are of uh, various, like lots of different, uh, identified in very different, many, many different ways. There are a lot of these players who are going to have family members, close friends, whatever, who are going to have been, who are, who are gay or have, you know, uh, identifying their sexuality differently. And they're going to be really upset, I would have thought, about this. Oh, dude, it, it, absolutely. It would shock many people. It's... Do you reckon it's going to weigh, how much will it weigh on Gary Ablett's shoulders? Do you reckon he can just brush something like this off? Like he's kind of. Old Gary Ablett, yeah, but new Gary Ablett, who knows? New school Gary Ablett. Can he handle that yeah. heat? No. Sunday Sunday school Gary Ablett. <laughs> Isn't it? But this game's on Monday, right? Not the Sabbath day. They had to move yeah. it. Yeah. No, that's keep... right. <laughs> they had to move it for Yeah. The <laughs> They're doing that for him. He doesn't give a shit about liking tweets. <laughs> Callous Gary. Oh, no, he removed it though, didn't he? He unliked it. It, yeah, Jeez. he did. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm back. I'm backing. I'm backing the Hawks because I want oh, them to win. Oh, dude. Maybe I should back the Hawks. The first time in a long time, I want. What am I thinking? I'm. Yeah. Fuck. I don't. Yeah. Well, I was. I was going to tip Geelong because I feel like they, as a team, that they've been so good. Um, you know, they look like the form team. They lost to GWS, who are probably a better team at the minute. So I was going to tip Geelong, but after your, your little. Ramble there. I want to get around those hawks. And what do I always say? Tip against them at your peril. 
at your peril. At my peril. I'm saying it there. Was your peril and also your your delicious delight last week to have uh, tipped oh, against them? Well, no, I, well, yeah, you got to. I tipped, I tipped them, which I loved getting wrong. No peril for me. Mm-hmm. Just joy. Pure <laughs> ecstasy. Yeah. A little bit of coke on the side as well. <laughs> oh, I meant to tell you about... You know uh, the Carlton game last week where we lost within the last. Oh yeah, I know. I know the game. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, so I had a comedy fest show on um on Sunday. Well, that's a good start. That's a good joke to open with. (laughs) It's a comedy show. Oh mate, heartbreak. Well, the thing was, I'd switched my phone and and everything else, like do not disturb in airplane mode. I was like, no, I'm going radio silent so I can do the show, uh, hang out and do the show, and then come home and and sit down and, and enjoy the footy. Um, oh, so how much had you not seen any of the game? None so of it. None oh, of it. And so then, burn. and then I, um, I, I had to transfer some, we'd finished, I was going to buy some beers. So I transferred some money, um, and took it off airplane mode for a moment. It was still on do not disturb, oh but the notifications came in. What was the first one from a dear Wait, friend, buddy? What did it say? It said, how are you feeling about Oh this? mate, heartbreak. And I was like, ah, <laughs> 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 It was so much more heartbreaking than I anticipated as well. I was oh, flat no. for like an hour. Oh, no. Mad spoilers. Oh, Amelie. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, my God. I spoiled the shit out of that. I'm so sorry. It was it was that heartbreaking oh. that I was like needed to message you because I was like, I... It just was, I was in disbelief. Well, I thought I'd taken so, measures, you know. I was on Do Not oh, Disturb. But you still, had. It still came up. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I've ruined. And well, well, even worse then. So once you started watching, like when you were looking like you were going to win, where in your head were you just like when you had that stoppage and it's inside the 50, you're like, oh my God, where is it? When's it going to happen? When's this goal going to happen? Like what? There's there's fucking 15 seconds. Like, oh my God. I was waiting for the dagger. Oh, you're waiting to get stabbed. Mm. Oh. It meant I was oh numb gosh. for the whole game. But I guess I did notice things about it that <laughs> oh I um, wouldn't have otherwise noticed. And I, I didn't watch it straight away. I came home and watched like the first half and then went to bed in a kind of like frustrated kind of like oh disappointed my state. Dude, I'm so sorry. I like fucked your day up so much there. That's insane. Hey, I mate. I can't believe it. it you, you, were, you were messaging me to console me in this heartbreaking moment. It was genuinely it like. Is. How are you feeling? Because that rips. I've I had them in the last couple of years. That Port Adelaide one. Oh Rob, yeah. Right, Robbie right at a Robbie Gray. Seven seconds left. Like yeah. you'd think with fucking whatever he kicked it with seven to go. So maybe there's like fifteen seconds. Fifteen seconds on the boundary at a throw in. You're like surely. Mm-hmm. Oh mate. Oh that is so funny. Yeah. And shocking. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. Oh mate. It's okay. Oh boy. Oh, well, um, and, uh, but I'm going to the game, the Carlton game this week. So it won't be a, this won't be a similar problem. So it's good. Awesome. Yeah. All awesome. right. Um, that's this week's tips. You, you tips. Did you end up tipping uh, Hawks or Geelong? I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm tipping Geelong. Okay. Tip Geelong. All right. Uh, all right. Time for a bit of a, a dollop of AFL history. Yay. This is my favorite bit. I'm going to start basically where we left off uh, the end of last week's uh, segment. where oh, The futures. Pretty much the end of the 1964 season. Okay. Yeah. Ron, Ron Barassi. Ron Barassi, that's right. Oh, man. I'm excited, Millie. He just Those moved sensationally to Prince's Park. 
Oh, here we go. Yes. Mm -hmm. He'd moved there to take on captain coach of Carlton, leaving the most successful club. Well, the, the most successful team, really, the game had ever seen to that point. Um, in the lead up to the 1965 season, there was a lot of flux within the game as three clubs moved from their traditional homes. The Saners moved from Junction Oval, which they'd, which had been their home since 1873, to Moorabbin Oval, which was kind of a bit uh, out of suburban at the time. Uh, there'd been lots of disputes between the St Kilda Cricket Club and, um, and St Kilda Football Club. Um, and yeah, lots of frustration over, you know, use of different amenities and what St Kilda Football Club wanted to do in terms of building up the stands and increasing capacity and St Kilda Cricket Club not really wanting to do that. Anyway, they ended their almost, you know, 100-year tenure there and moved to Moorabbin, signing a 75-year lease. 75-year lease. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's a massive lease. So, which which must have ended when we went to Seaford, Well, right? they must have broken contract, I suppose. I didn't look into it, but... um. Yeah, if well, it was maybe it was just years, for it'd still be ongoing. Under, of course. Yeah, dude, uh, they broke contract, those mighty saints. I'm still going to back them, though. That's not enough. That's no <laughs> sex cult to get me away. No. Those cheeky saints. Yeah. Um, and 100 years at Junction Oval is also an incredible amount of time. It must have been a very tough decision. I can imagine the uproar after leaving a place, your spiritual home. Yeah, I think they'd found it uh, limiting because they wanted to do more socially and, and to connect with members and, and drive like participation within the club up a bit, whereas um, they were just were a bit hamstrung. So it was the first year they moved then in 1966 or 65? 65. So in the second year of us being at Moorabbin, the Saints won a flag in 1966, proving I mean, all those spo spoilers, naysayers. Spoilers, but, but okay. No, spoiler alert, the Saints win the Premiership in 1966 by, I won't spoil the amount, the point, how close it was or who it was against. Right. We'll leave that for the story. But right. I, do continue, really. I'm, I'm, I, I, you, you tell me how, <laughs> about my beloved Saints because I didn't know that at all when we moved from Junction Oval. No yeah. fucking idea. Uh, well, Richmond also moved their home base. They moved where they were playing home matches uh, to the MCG for the first time uh, as widening works of Punt Road were going to significantly reduce their Punt Road Oval's capacity. Uh, Melbourne also, sorry, North Melbourne also moved its training and playing base from Arden Street in North Melbourne to Coburg City Oval, um, a move which proved ultimately unsuccessful for both parties and saw North move back to Arden Street in 1966, just eight months after their, um, after the move there and eight months into their seven-year lease that they had at Coburg. Oh, wow. That was a very quick U-turn. Yeah, but there were premiership points, premiership games played at Coburg City Oval that, this year, 1965. Oh, that's amazing. What a little stint there. And also, might I say, punt road widening back in the 60s didn't do enough. Like, <laughs> nowhere near enough. Well, I imagine it what must was have it been before like a two-lane. What was it? Be yeah, it must have been. Just right. like... Just a suburban Melbourne street. Punt road down, like, down the end near... Near the arrow is, oh. is just two. Like, oh no, it's it's two either way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe it's just one, one each. One each. Imagine. Yeah, not it. Didn't nah, do enough. No. Nah. I mean, maybe maybe it was four to six. Who knows? Um, I mean, I'm sure we could find out if we wanted to research it. But 
I focus on other things this week. <laughs> yeah, there's enough energy goes into Punt Road as yeah. it is than looking into the history of that damned thing. You just need to l- listen road. to Three AW uh, any day of the week, and you'll hear a lot about Punt Road. Um, anyway, uh, North Melbourne had moved to Coburg, and then that, that they cancelled that in in um, in '66. But luckily, they didn't sign a forty-year lease, which is what they were planning to try and uh, get at Coburg. So anyway, just another little tidbit. That's a lot of cold feet. That's like the coldest feet you can get. Mm-hmm. That's fr- frozen feet. Oh, isn't it? Well, when you take eight months out- into a forty-year deal. Yeah, man. Um, so, uh, the sixty-five season began. Twelve teams would compete. Each team was made up of eighteen on-field players, and two. Unlike, you know, last time we checked in, it was two subs, nineteenth uh, and twentieth man. They could again be subbed in and out. Um, sorry, they could be subbed in and another player, a couple of players could be subbed out, but once you were subbed out, you couldn't come back on the field. Um, all right. Now, even though there were only 12 teams in the comp, the fixture was still an unequal affair as they played only 18 home and away matches plus finals. So what they, what they did was they played uh, seven teams twice uh, home and away and then four teams only once. Right. Mm. Jeez, you can get a really tough run of that. Yeah, I wonder how I don't know how they worked out the fixture in terms of um, like they do now. If you know, depending on your ladder position, you have a harder, arguably harder fixture or easier fixture. Don't know. I just yeah. think play well, everyone which, which fucking still, once, man. Yeah, that's the easiest way to do it. Play them all once. Vix yeah. is still a nightmare now, though, which is another conversation when like some teams get shafted on the fixture because yeah. it's all about that money, baby. Yeah, man. I think yeah, I think it's always been a mess. Yeah, it's pretty impossible to adjudicate. Yeah. Yeah. Fair is a difficult concept. Um, Very much so. So the power teams uh, coming into the 1965 season were going to be Melbourne, Collingwood, Bombers, Cats and Hawks. Uh, Melbourne, Collingwood, Bombers and the Cats had played off for the finals in the the preceding year with Melbourne winning the last of their uh, premierships in their golden era. Um, And the Hawks had finished just outside the top four. St Kilda had uh, come in uh, sixth. In the sixty-four, uh, in the uh, in nineteen sixty-four, missing out in the finals um, after an encouraging semi-final appearance in sixty-three, largely off the improvement from a talented young group, including Tasmanians Daryl Baldock and Ian Stewart, who uh, who who had what Coach Alan Jeans described as an almost telepathic link. Oh, that's that's hot. Mm. I've never heard it described like that. What a hot way to describe a link between football players. Right. Telepathic. That, well, these, these those two men are like the reason that Tassie's got a St Kilda thing. Yeah, man. It's all Darrell Bordock. Like, yeah. That's, that's, that's from my, my side of the family, I think. I think that's where the link is. Really? There you go. I think so. Cool. Yeah. He was, yeah, well, um, massive, massive... Um, he was yeah, both like Brownlow, he was a superstar. Both Brownlow so medalists. Ian yeah. Stewart, yeah, three-time yeah. Brownlow medalist. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Oh man, what a what a link! What yeah. a link with your mids. Telepathic. It's right. unfair. You can just like yell it out, yell out what you're saying to them. You know, you don't really need telepathy, <laughs> telepathy. to be reading each each other's mind. You can just be like, "Oi, <laughs> quick hands, quick hands, quick hands, bully, bully." Um, yeah, like, yeah. Bullock, for those who don't know, played uh, out of the forward line and in Stewart was a, he was a midfielder. My boy. Your boy. I don't know as much about in Stewart. Uh, they, they say his balance was his biggest asset. He, he could win it and um, get it out 
He could walk across the tightrope of yeah. the two buildings. Well, if if he, if he had clean dis, if he had clean possession of the footy, he almost never wasted it. Oh shit! Quite Robert Harvey esque. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it was, it was also during ninety. So they missed out in the finals in sixty four. Um, it was also announced during the sixty four season that they'd make the move from Junction Oval to Moorabbin, which caused a lot of turmoil within the club, um, as it and it proved a bit of a distraction through the sixty four season. They didn't play finals or do as well. Um, sixty five, yeah, drawing mm. some very interesting parallels. Mm. Merely strange. Mm. History is a weird thing, man. Isn't it? What do they say? It never repeats itself. Stay. It's all never. Everything repeated. is new. Nothing. Everything's new. We cannot draw any conclusions from the past. <laughs> no, don't learn anything from the past. No. You know better than history. <laughs> Take that lesson. Yeah. Uh, 1965 was to be a different season, uh, however. Different season? Yeah, uh, 65 was to be a different season, however. The move to Moorabbin proving an instant success when 51,000 fans rocked up to see St Kilda defeat Collingwood in a four-point thriller at Moorabbin. That's a big crowd. Big crowd. 51,000. 51,000 at Moorabbin. Holy shit. Yeah. Massive. Um. They they played a bunch of big drawing games at Moorabbin. They played like some that were in the like ten or twelve thousand. Then there were some other against like Essendon and, and Collingwood, the big the big four clubs or you know whatever traditionally. Um, they draw a big big number down there. Um, That's hmm. bonkers. That would have been some wild stuff these days watching footy at these local grounds. Yeah, I get so why many people miss fights. It. Like it's the <laughs> character of the place. Absolutely. Yeah. I well. guess nostalgia is twenty twenty though. Hey? The Saints would go on to win their next three games in a row. Um, away to a struggling South Melbourne outfit and at the G against a strong Richmond and then at home again in a thumping win over Footscray. Melbourne proved that they were still the team to beat as they tore through their first eight rounds going undefeated. This set up a massive clash with St Kilda, who had only dropped two games um, to finals teams Geelong and Essendon at that point. Um so the Demons took on the Saints in front of 72,000 at the MCG. 72,000? Yeah, 72. Is, Imagine a Melbourne are... and St Kilda game drawing 72,000 people. It's incredible. Yeah, these numbers are blowing me out yep. just at a home and away game. Wow. Like, I, we'll have this week this week's crowd numbers by comparison just to Let's let's see what this is. Yeah, 28,000. Nah, be more than that. I'm going to guess 30 37. No. Right, I'll go 34. 34. Right. Right. Um, St Kilda dominated the match and with a win the following week to the tune of 81 points against Hawthorne, moved to first spot on the ladder. Same as. Can't Saints. Melbourne, on the other hand, lost two of the next three and then sacked Norm Smith. Oh, it means the, the Melbourne were just out of form. Saints are shit. Yeah. And the that's expectations what, were so that bloody means. high with Melbourne. The real focus is on Melbourne here. <laughs> How did they lose to the shitty Saints? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet if we looked at the newspapers, it'd probably uh, give us a similar picture. Um, Injured Melbourne loses to shit Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said last week, the Barassi move was did have a hand in uh, weakening Norm's position, but Norm was also unhappy uh, with the club as it had failed to provide any financial aid to him 
as he, while he was being sued by umpire Don Blue for defamation after Smith had accused Don of cheating on 3AW after round two. Oh, wow. Big defamation case going on. Yeah. And uh, Melbourne Jeez, wouldn't pay for That would have been a stressful time. Mm. Right. Stressful. Norm's brother also stood down at the Tigers, uh, Len, as if he had, a, he had a heart attack. His beloved kind of coach there too, and he had a heart attack and stood down. So Norm was under a bit of pressure. Holy gosh, what a horrible year for Norm Smith. Yeah, <laughs> terrible year. <laughs> um, yeah, no good. Yeah, and um, then they sacked him. Um, so in the one week in the interim, uh, well, in the one week, the next week, um, they were coached by Checker Hughes, who you might remember was a big coach oh, for them. Checker Hughes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through the, what did I say, 30s, was it? Through the 50s. Yeah. Maybe it 50s. No, it was probably 50s. 50s. I think it was yeah. 50s. Yeah, you're right. It was. Um yeah, they were coached by Checker Hughes for their round 13 game against the Shinboners at Coburg Oval, a venue where they'd never played before. They went on to lose by 21 points in a stinker for the Demons uh, in front of only 8,000 fans. Um, and oh, I've read wow. some accounts of players who just said they were completely flat. They were like called in only only the Monday after the sacking on the Sunday and, and, and just were told by the club that this is what's happened, that it had no understanding that it was going to happen before that. It would be pretty disheartening if a great was sacked and probably someone they all got along well with Yeah, who was going through a lot of other shit. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say he was a bit of a disciplinarian and, and kind of hard to get along with, but everyone respected his footy brain. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, maybe he had it coming then, Norm Smith. Maybe. they Well, they reinstated him. The following week, um, although they would go, they would miss the finals that year, the first time in I think eleven years, um, and the golden era was officially over. Time for a new hero. Mm-hmm. At the end of the home and away season, St Kilda was still first on the ladder. Their first final was a semi against Collingwood at the G. 98,000 came to watch this game and they lost by a point. Collingwood lost by a point. point, baby. Collingwood had a second chance, however, because they'd finished second on the ladder, as St Kilda would have um, if they had lost this game. There were only three finals leading up to the granny at this point. There were two semis and then a prelim and then a grand final. So first played played second um, and third played fourth and the loser of first playing second would play the winner of third versus fourth. So Collingwood lost, so they took on Essendon um, the following week, who had dispatched of the Cats by 52 points in the first semifinal. Um, And Essendon seemed to be coming to form right at the right time. They more than matched the Pies and beat them by 55 points um, and booked their place in the grand final against St Kilda. Oh, Wow. I actually didn't know that um, we beat Collingwood by one point in that game. Yep, a single point. Wowee. Mm-hmm. And so it was the same as in the those dons in the, in the big the big dance? In the big dance. Then, and unlike now at Moorabbin, the lid was absolutely off. <laughs> oh, there would be no lid to be found. They'd have to make a new lid. <laughs> like <laughs> when, they, when the time came to put it back on. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. They threw it so far away that... You know, it was never to be seen again. It was but just that, a foil Yakult lid and you don't really, once it's off, you can't really put it back on. It doesn't kind of. Single do use anything. plastic. Yeah. Single <laughs> use plastic lid. It's like, like, you know, not very sustainable. So yeah. it, and obviously 
Maybe that's our problem. Our lid's been off ever since. <laughs> haven't been able to find a new one to contain the excitement. <laughs> we need a new lid. <laughs> that's it. Oh. I'm off my lid. Now, it was, oh, it was the Sainer's first grand final appearance since 1913 and only the second grand final appearance overall. Are you serious? Are serious? <laughs> what the fuck? I didn't even know that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you... What the fuck, man? I'm doomed, bro. This is going to last forever. How the hell? That was our second grand final and not one since 18, um, 1913. Yep. Oh, so it'd been 52 years. I mean, two world since wars. A, since a grand final and two world wars. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. And we're in the comp in 1873. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then this is coming into like our one and only great era. Which isn't a great... It's just a blip on anyone else's radar. Oh, my God, Mealy. Fuck me. I didn't know that. Now, the Saints had had the week off. Uh, the dreaded week off. Bef- uh, the dreaded by. The and bloody they- Gil McLaughlin of the time. The mm, bastard. The bastard. And they trained harder than ever in front of packed houses at Moorabbin. Ian Stewart, the young... was, uh, and, and, and then Ian Stewart, the young star, won the Brownlow at like age 21, I think. Unexpectedly. Wow, young? Yeah. Oh, oh huge. Massive, man. Well, so, no, like, people were ex- people were excited at St Kilda. As they should be. And obviously from here, nothing can go wrong when you're at this point in any story. Nothing can go wrong from here. Nothing at all. Uh-huh. Their opponent, Essendon, were pretty well finals tested and proven at that point. They'd played a lot in the last few years. Um, and they took control of the game early. Both teams... Uh, first quarters were marred by inaccuracy, though. Um, oh, how very St Kilda! Yeah, I reckon. I think something. I think Essendon kicked like two eight, and St Kilda kicked like one six or seven or something. Cracking game of footy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the second quarter was pretty much an even split, with the Dons taking an eight point lead into half time. Then came the Premiership quarter. Essendon absolutely. <laughs> Blitzed St Kilda five goals eight to one three, and went on to win the game one hundred and five to seventy points, in the successful claiming of their twelfth premiership. Still hurts me, their twelfth. And might I add that Essendon Football Club came into the competition the same time as the Saints mm. in eighteen seventy three. Yeah, and here they are winning their twelfth premiership. We hadn't won a single one, been in the comp- same amount of time. Coming up a hundred years, <sighs> and um, and then then I'll do and then to be continued for the next uh, next instalment. There'll be a bit more to come later on. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited because I gen I genuinely don't know this history. I didn't know we 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 play played Essendon in that grand final. I thought in my head that it was that it was Collingwood. For some reason, I thought we went two two years. Like we played him in that year and played him in '66. But oh, dude, it's it's still up. It still hurts me. Still that hurts. game still hurts me. Absolutely, man. And, and Essendon have not have only like they're on 16. So they've only won four grand finals since then. I mean, only. I mean, you know, 
But if you, you think it's about them as like good. the successful club, 16 flags or whatever. Oh, absolutely. Which which any good Dons fan will tell you that like, you know, you think about the Dons as I still think of them in that kind of light. And then they're like people our age, you know, in their late 20s or 30s are like, mate, we haven't fucking won anything for no final for whatever it is, 14, 15 <laughs> years. And it's not, it hasn't been good for us. No. Which, which, yeah, is rough. That's not, that's not heaps. Um, from the 60s to win another four. Mm-mm. And, well, I mean, better, better than Melbourne of not winning any more since then. They had, who were 12, who were, had won their 12th flag in 64. So they were the leaders of that comp uh, then. And then Essendon oh. got level pegging with them. And then, you know, clearly Melbourne have not won again since. And a Barassi curse. The curse of Barass. They got to bring, they got to bring back the red legs. And I don't care if he's dead or alive. Get old Checker Hughes. <laughs> dig him back up. Dig him up. Co- Dig him up and get him to coach the D's. Get him in like a Wigan at Burnsies kind of thing to inspire the D's. <laughs> Can the red legs. Well, I think that in a really similar get vein. Around it. No, actually, I'm going to save this for next week's history segment. About oh, the Saints, oh, I like so it. I'm going to hold it on. Hold on to it. Thank, awesome. Uh, amazing, mate. All right. Well, Thank um, you again. Well, that's it for another week of AF Eloquence. Uh, we will be back for round six uh, at some point next week. Um, thanks for tuning in. As always, hit us up on social media. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. No, we're not on Twitter. We're on Instagram and we're on Facebook. So hit us up. Hit us up, guys. Thanks. Woo. Bye. Uh, that's me doing it. Sorry. <laughs> whip, whip, whip. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Oh, mate. Cool, dude. That's so, that's so interesting. Oh, I should, I should stop. <laughs>